my dream's just about to come true because we're going to say hi to James Marsh. Join us, mostly him, on Facebook Live. Love to hear what you have to say. But right now, James, how are you? I am not too bad, thank you. And yes, we have a very, very packed week this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have movies from Hollywood. We have movies from Korea. We have movies in cinemas. We have movies on streaming services. We have everything. Uh, the big, big title this week is Bullet Train, starring Brad Pitt. Yep. We also have Emergency Declaration, starring Song Kang-ho and Lee Byung-hyun and uh, all kinds of others. Uh, we have Prey, the latest installment in the Predator franchise mm -hmm. on Disney+. Plus. And we also have Carter, which is a uh, new sort of... A continuous single take Korean action movie that See, popped up on that. Loads for you to get stuck in today, so come and find us on our Morning Brew Facebook live feed because you might not agree with him, and those are the good bits when you don't. Oh, absolutely. Mine is just one opinion out of many. <laughs> it just happens to be right. That's all. <laughs> so <laughs> I, it's all I have. It's all I have That's is my you opinion. Hang on to it. But let. It, exactly. No one else will. Modest produce. man with okay. much to be modest about. Absolutely, a ton. I'm very, very modest. <laughs> okay, let's just get on with it, shall we? Okay, Bullet Train is the new film starring Brad Pitt. It's directed by David Leitch, who we know from uh, John Wick, Atomic Blonde, yeah. uh, Deadpool 2, Hobbs and Shaw, big, big uh, stunt guy turned action director. This is adapted from the novel by Kotaro Isaka, which obviously is a Japanese novel that has now been spun into an almost all-American retelling, albeit still set upon the eponymous bullet train, which is speeding its way from Tokyo to Kyoto. On board is Ladybug which is Brad Pitt's uh, character, who is notoriously the unluckiest hitman in the world. Okay. And he's just getting back into the game after going on a sort of period of soul searching. And so he's now very zen and in tune with uh, his inner peace. And he's striving for sort of simpler missions. So he gets on, um, he takes this as a last minute replacement for uh, somebody else who couldn't do it. And it's simply get on board at Tokyo and retrieve a silver briefcase, get off at the next station, job done don't kill anybody don't do anything suffice to say or needless to say once he gets aboard the bullet train he finds out that there are a lot of other interested parties yeah imagine if nothing happened picks if up, nothing happened he just went, oh, goes home there it is <laughs> wouldn't that be a good movie uh so yeah there are lots of other people on there the uh, owners of or the uh custodians of the silver uh, silver briefcase are a couple of british cockney uh guy ritchie-esque hitmen uh, known as tangerine and lemon played yeah. by andrew taylor johnson and brian tyree henry uh who have the briefcase they also have the uh son of a very notorious russian gangster called the white death uh -huh. who who actually sort of rules the uh, japanese underworld which is quite uh quite a surprise there's also a young uh, female hit woman called prince played by joey king who has already put a young japanese lad in the hospital uh her the l young lad's father kimura played by andrew koji is now on the train he uh, is he's a mega star martial arts god that bloke yeah that he is he really that is. he is Snake Eyes, and yeah. is he in Warrior as well? He's one of he's, there he's are, around. There he's are some amazing, truly spellbindingly, oh yeah, moments from him in Warrior. 
jolly good. It's a show that people keep telling me to watch, but I haven't watched it. All right, I'll tell you this. Listen, I, so, I shut up. I promise. Right. But yeah, no, forget, forget what I I'm think, here. To I do. think it's episode one. He gets off the boat with a bunch of other Chinese guys and this sort of fat ginger moustached official official starts giving him all the usual rubbish. Mm. It goes off brilliantly. Yeah, no, I will get it. I know they're shooting season three down in South Africa as we speak and I'll, I'll get to it. Um, so, yeah, so he's on there. Uh, there's also a poisonous snake known as the boom slang uh, on board the train loose. And if you get bitten by that, your eyes start to bleed and all other kind of nastiness. <laughs> uh, suffice to say that, it, you know, it's not as simple as Brad Pitt had hoped. And for reasons uh, that quickly become apparent, it's going to be a long night. It's going to be a bloody night, a violent night, and uh, not everybody aboard the train might make it off the train in one piece. Got it. So now this has got this kind of sort of manic, uh, exaggerated, high-speed aesthetic and sensibility to it. You know, it comes crashing in, you know, ramped up to 11, and it keeps going nonstop. And i got to be honest, for about the first half an hour or so, I wasn't entirely sure whether i was gonna enjoy this or okay. you know it's very it's very full of itself is it's it because it lays it all out for you this is what's gonna happen this is the diverse bunch of characters we've got now go. well it's got this really <laughs> sort of exaggerated sort of hyper intense day glow neon fused um sensibility to it and it's it's like comes roaring at you going this is the coolest movie that you've ever seen uh we're all incredibly cool our characters are so idiosyncratic and weird and and cool and and it, all the rest yeah, of it yeah, and yeah. our dialogue is is like sharper than the the the, the teeth of the fangs of the boom slang and you're like are you though is it you're trying very very hard <laughs> to impress me um and for about the first time, and it always feels like, what's Brad Pitt doing in this movie? You know, you're not often seeing him play this kind of character. You know, you remember, you are reminded that he's actually quite good at comedy, particularly physical. Guy Ritchie stuff. Yeah, back in Snatch. And there is definitely a Guy Ritchie-esque element to this, not least because you've got a couple of Cockney wide boys on there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, this is very much sort of Brad Pitt's version of a John Wick kind of movie. In the wake of John Wick, it seemed like everybody wanted to get in on the action and have themselves reimagined as an action hero. You know, so you had films like Atomic Blonde and Nobody and obviously everything that Liam Neeson is doing. Um, and it seemed like everybody wanted to get in, in on this. And this is uh, Brad Pitt's attempt. And he's in the safest hands possible because obviously, as we know, David Leach, you know, did was was one of the directors of John Wick and he did do Atomic Blonde and he did do uh, Hobson Shaw. So he's a very um, smart action guy. Also, for a long time, David Leach was Brad Pitt's sort of stunt double. Back in the day on movies like Fight Club and Troy and Mr. and Mrs. Smith, David Leach was the guy standing in for Brad Pitt. So they have a very long standing relationship. They, they understand each other. There's a, there's clearly a, a strong reverence here to Hong Kong movies, in particular, sort of the, uh, martial arts style of Jackie Chan, you know, where it's very comedic. It's very, you pulls in a lot of uh, props. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of clowning kind of going on. And I've got to be honest, some people have been sort of very, very sniffy about this movie and just said that it's a complete train wreck. They've gone for that sort of easy gag that, oh, it's a train wreck, it derailed very quickly and all the rest of it. What I found actually is once you kind of get into the groove of it, 
it, it actually kind of sort of wears you down and wins you over eventually. And so mm. by the end, when it does get completely, you know, off the rails, you're kind of you're kind of having a good time almost despite yourself. Okay. Um, you know, I think Brad Pitt is is fine in the lead. It's it's a it's a very strange choice for him. We're not used to seeing him do this, but I think he's I think he's having fun. What's going on there? Nothing. I can hear myself. Okay, good. Um, however, I, for me, the star of the show is definitely Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I think um, popped up as you know he was Kickass and he was doing he was the lead in like Kickass and things like that. But I think in recent years he's done a lot better when he's take take on smaller roles. Uh, when he's, you know, more of a character actor, more of a supporting player. Uh, he won a Golden Globe for his role in um, Nocturnal Animals a few years ago. He played a very nasty piece of work. And he was, he had quite a memorable turn in Tenet, if you remember, from like, was it last year? I can't remember when that actually came out. Yeah, mm. a year or so ago, where he pops up about halfway through and he's the head of the commandos that are going to go do the thing. And, he's, and he actually seems far more comfortable. Here, I thought he was great. He's very funny. You know, he is one of these two uh, Guy Ritchie-esque characters. But it suits him down to the ground, and he gets a lot of really sort of good laughs, I think. Um, you know, there is this question hanging over it that this is supposed to be a Japanese story where are all the Japanese characters, and with the exception of like Hiroyuki Sanada and Andrew Koji, there aren't really any in there. And even a lot of the incidental background passengers on the train aren't aren't Japanese. And and that and that does kind of raise, raise a question of well, what exactly is going on. Also, I mean, I don't know about you, but if you've taken the bullet train from Tokyo to Kyoto, I've done it. It takes like two and a half hours. This movie seems to take like all night. You know, you're talking about who's populating the movie. Isn't it written up somewhere that this is meant to be a nondescript, non-whatever, amorphic place? No, it's very specifically, it is, it is Tokyo to Kyoto. You know, that's where they're going. That's where they're heading. But it seems like all of the principal characters... I mean, it's a very diverse cast. You've mm. got Zazzy Beats. You've got Bad Bunny, who's someone I'm not overly familiar with, but I understand he's in the music business. I understand. Um, you've, you've got Logan, <laughs> Logan Lerman. You've got Sandra Bullock on the phone as um, Brad Pitt's handler. And there are, uh, there are other sort of unadvertised cameos popping up all the way through, mm. which, are, which are kind of fun. Um but there are there is a um a severe lacking of japanese characters for what is essentially you know a japanese story told in japan um albeit one about you know actually about foreign characters doing stuff so it it and that does kind of sit a little bit strange and you're just like where are all the japanese people you know there just should be more in this story so that's a bit odd but i got over that you know that it's not it's not the be all and end all um and it, I found in the end, I mean, it's big and it's loud and it's dumb and it isn't as cool as it thinks it is. It reminds you of, you know, in the wake of Tarantino, a lot of movies kind of yeah. came out. There were like two waves of them. There was a wave in like the mid 90s after Pulp Fiction. We had like two days in the valley and things to do in Denver when you're dead. And you, you had all those kind of like, um, um, all these kind of sort of goofy movies about criminals talking pop, pop culture. Steve wants to know if it's like um, and and Andy Lau's A World Without Tr can't even speak thieves. Is it like A World um, Without Thieves, basically? In as much as it's people on a train, but I think they're really where the similarities end. Um, it also reminds you of that second wave of films like sort of Smoking Aces and stuff yeah. like that, where that was all about lots of disparate sort of hitmen and whatever, mm -hmm. larger than life characters, cooler than school characters. Um, 
all descending on the same place with their own motivations and what have you. So it's one of those films where clearly everybody involved is having a really good time. Yeah. Uh, but you have to bring, you know, you have to understand that and you have to bring something to the party. I, I think I can understand why it's rubbing a lot of people up the wrong way. Hmm. You know, it, it does just seem a little bit smug and self-satisfied. Isn't with, that, is that possibly the gag, though? Well, I don't think I don't think it's trying to appear like that. Well, maybe it is. I mean, maybe it is. But, you know, and some people don't like that. Some people like a little sort of modesty and humbleness in their uh, in their filmmaking. For me, you know, it did it did come on a little strong, but I did warm to it, you know, because it is just quite fun. It is quite violent. You know, it is quite bloody, but it's all knockabout kind of slapsticky like i said it, it owes a serious it owes a serious debt to jackie chan as much as it does to guy Ritchie or tarantino or or whomever yeah. um i just i wished it it owed more of a debt to japanese crime cinema because it is all about like yakuza's and and all that kind of stuff in the but it's but that all seems to happen in the background mm. and i wish that that had been a little more front you know you know in the in the foreground and uh directly acknowledged and referenced as much as the other stuff is so you know i think a lot of people it's not going to surprise anybody i think people already know going in whether they are going to have fun with it or not um but you you do have to accept that um that these are these are the cool kids showing you up that they are that they are the cool kids And, and whether you accept that or not is up to you fair enough let's start our next one remind us what that was called that's Bullet Train. That's out in cinemas pretty much everywhere uh, this weekend. All right, go on. Okay, well, let's just go from that to Carter. Carter is a new uh, action movie on Netflix uh, as of later today. I don't think it's up there until about three o'clock this afternoon. Uh, it's a new film from Jong Byung Gil, who has, has been around for a little while, but most famously he directed a film called The Villainess from a couple of years ago, right. um, which was a kind of Japanese riff on Nikita, you know, sort of girl is girl is dragged into a secret government uh, organization, turned into a, a sniper, uh, and it gets in the way of her personal life. Hmm. Um, now, that movie ha- was a kind of a bit all over the place, but it had a couple of really good standout action sequences, not least one in which sort of katana-wielding assassins fought each other on high-speed motorbikes. Now, linking back to Bullet Train, yeah, that, that's sequence, what you wanted. <laughs> that sequence was copied, like lifted wholesale and copied in John Wick 3, which obviously has makes a connection back to kind of David Leach and, and that lot from Bullet Train. Yeah. Um, so this is a guy very much on the radar of the Hollywood kind of action scene. And what he's attempting to do here is one of those single-take, continuous stories uh, about a guy trying to do a thing that I'll tell you about in a minute. Dot, dot, dot. If you want to get in touch, find us on Morning Brew's Facebook page. I'm going to leave him ticking whilst we go to the news. Tell us what you're going to get on to after this, if you would. Sure. Well, I, I will share my thoughts on Carter, and then we will get on to Prey, which is the new movie in the Predator series, as well as another Korean movie, a big disaster movie called Emergency Declaration. Right. Hit pause. Off you go. Okay, so we're talking about Carter, new uh, Korean action movie on Netflix as of later today. Um, so yeah, so this is emulating films like sort of 1917 or Bushwick or Birdman even or Victoria, where the entire movie appears to happen in real time in a single unbroken take. That's 
that's not the case here. You can kind of see the cracks and the seams quite easily. Mm. Uh, but, you know, but that's, that's you know, a, a technical issue as rather than a, um, a storytelling issue, really. You can see, you know, points for effort. You know, you're trying, I can see what you're trying to do, but I can also see every time that you are actually making a cut. But let's move on. Right. So Ju Wan plays a guy who um, he wakes up, He's in a hotel room. The bed is covered in blood. Six armed people burst in through the through the door. He's got a voice. He's got a scar on the back of his head, and he's got a voice in his head saying, uh, get up, uh, overpower these guys, jump out the window. He, he has lost his memory completely, doesn't know who he is, where he is, what's going on. They're all pointing guns at him saying, where's Dr. Jung? Where's Dr. Jung? And he's like, I have no idea who you're talking about, what's going on. But He's he's a bit of a tasty chap, so he uh, dispenses with those guys, jumps out the window, runs, and from then on, it's essentially just an ch ongoing chase movie where North Korean soldiers, South Korean government agents, even the CIA are all descending on him, chasing him, you know, catching him at one point. So born, Manchurian candidate... You name it, it's you there. name it. <laughs> this is it, all happening in Korea, and they're all trying to stop him but at the same time at different times during the plot trying to convince him that he's really on their side and is mm. trying to and is trying to sort of help them what he is told that he has to do is has to go and find the daughter of this guy Dr Jung who has developed or is developing a vaccine because there is a viral outbreak that is turning everybody into rampaging bald-headed zombies oh, ultraviolet zombies, zombies. <laughs> so there there is a lot going on and he so he's running around car chases skydiving falling out of planes you know landing on trains from helicopters it feels like it wants to be a video game all right you know you know we've seen video games these days get better and better and better get more photorealistic get more cinematic you know really wanting to make us believe that it's a movie or that it's real, like The Last of Us and games like that, God of War. This is doing the opposite. This is a movie that actually really wants to be a video game because you're following this character you know, the, on, a, on like a camera that is half the time on a drone that's spinning around his head. You're following him from every angle in a single unbroken shot. Every now and again, he meets somebody that gives him a new piece of information and then he falls out of the car and he's all go again. And if it just feels... Yeah, this is a video game. This isn't a movie. But this the single is, this shot is a video game as well. That really adds to that. Absolutely, it? absolutely. And that he's just got you know scene by scene, little mission, little mission, little mission, little mission. You know, sometimes he's got a sniper rifle, sometimes he's got a knife, sometimes it's his bare fist, sometimes he's in the back of a car. Yeah. You know, it just goes on and on and on, and it it gets pretty tiresome pretty quickly. Well, that's interesting because Tommy writes to us on our Facebook live feed, saw your review of Carter in the SCMP. Not in a rush to Thank watch you. this one after that, he says. Ruined Tommy's movie experience. Well, I, I just I just say it like it is, you know. <laughs> it, you ask my opinion, my opinion is it's not very good. And it's really long as oh, well. Right. It's like two and a, it's two and a quarter hours. So Tommy's okay to, to avoid this one. Rather than stick on that on yeah. Netflix today, Flick over to Disney Plus because on Disney Plus is Prey, P-R-E-Y, which is the new latest installment in the Predator franchise. This oh, yeah. is a prequel that takes place in the early 18th century in Comanche, in the Comanche Nation in, I think it's Oklahoma, where, you know, we have got a, a young female uh, wannabe warrior 
called Naru, played by Amber Mid-Thunder. She wants to be one of the boys taken seriously by her tribe because she's a girl. She's told to stay back at camp with her mother, prepare the food, all the rest of it. But she wants to get out there and prove that she's she's a fighter right. like her, her brothers and, um, and, all the, and all the other young men in there. Uh, there is apparently like a mountain lion in the forest nearby that is causing a, a problem. So the boys go out. Naru insists on going with them. And very quickly, they realize there is something else out there in the woods far more dangerous than a mountain lion and we know that it's a predator you know and a you know predator is an alien who has come and they they come to earth you know to hunt to kill to to uh, collect trophies it's almost always as a kind of rite of passage initiation for a young warrior so you have young warrior versus young warrior both on these kind of sort of rite of passage initiations and but we're in 18th century uh, Oklahoma. We're in uh, Comanche tribes. There are <laughs> trappers, trappers and fur fur hunters and what have you speaking French out there as well. So there are threats from all sides. And you're like, actually, this is really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, the predator is... Tommy knew that, by the way, because he read your review about this one as well. <laughs> hey, I'm a freelancer. I got to take <laughs> earn my money where I can, you know. <laughs> Um, so, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the Predator franchise has had kind of a bumpy ride, you know, 1987's Predator starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, directed by John McTiernan is an action classic. It really is. You know, that's a platoon of special forces guys in the Latin American jungle quickly realize that they are hunted by something in, in the jungle. Um, it's great. Predator 2 takes it to LA, Danny Glover. I love Predator 2, but it has its detractors. It's a bit all over the place. It tries to do the same thing, tries to tick many of the same boxes, repeat many of the same scenes and data quotes and what have you. It's got an off-the-wall performance by Gary Boosie. Uh, it's got Bill Paxton in there, American Cheetah Alonso. And it's, it's a lot of fun, but it's it's no Predator. And then the sequels start getting pretty bad. You've got Predators with Adrian Brody and you've got The Predator that Shane Black tried to tried to sort of bring it all back a couple of years ago. You've also got two Alien versus Predator movies that the less said about them. Whenever best. they interrupt an actual numeric line of movies with The or a completely different title, you know, mm. Jurassic World, you know that it's going to be perhaps a bit tough. Well, it's a trend that you see in a lot of horror franchises recently where, you know, like the, the new Halloween movies are just called Halloween and the new Scream movie was just called Scream. They're tr- almost trying to reboot it, but they don't want to. So what this is, is this is just wipe the slate clean and just said, you know what? I've got a whole brand new idea yeah. that just happens to involve Predators. And it works really, really well. Amber Mid-Thunder is great. The producers were really uh, careful to use as much authentic uh, Native American performers and First Nation performers as they could. One of the key producers on the film is is a uh, is Comanche herself, and so all of that attention to detail is great. So at times it feels like you're almost watching something like um, the uh, oh, completely blanked on the name of the movie. You have a thing whilst I read out a comment from Steve Pleb, yeah. who says I'm looking forward to Prey, but does this film have the classic Schwarzenegger lines? Well, I'm not going to answer that question. So there. I mean, it certainly doesn't have get to the chopper because uh, it's set in the early 18th century. But there is a, you know, there is a bit of a, <laughs> there is a bit of a, ri- a riff on get something to the like that. No, the film, the film hmm. I was obviously trying to think of was the Revenant. Uh, so 
it's set in exactly that same time period. And at times this movie feels like that. The, the period specificity is so, is so authentic. Uh, but it does never forget that it's um, that it's a predator movie, Got it. and it it, and it really in the second half particularly it really kind of steps up, and you get all the blood and gore and action and kills that one would want, that one would want from a predator. The only drawback to this film, Prey, is that we can't watch it in the cinema. This is just exclusively made for Disney Plus, and it's on Disney Plus again. I think, but later today, I would have loved to have seen this on the big screen because you, you it never just. Know. It looks it looks great, and seeing that with an audience that knows exactly what they're getting into would have been fantastic, really. And I believe now this is something that I have read. I believe that Dan Trachtenberg, the, who's the director, who also did Ten Cloverfield Lane, is pretty good. Um, he he filmed it twice, once in English and once in traditional Comanche dialect. Yeah. Now I believe that the the video the the, the visual version that you will see on Disney Plus is the English version, but they recorded like a dub track. The real act, the original actors recorded like a dub track version in Comanche as well. So if that is of interest to you, I believe that that is an option. So you can watch it in Comanche with English subtitles, should you wish to. And I might check that out just to see if it works, if it's any good. All right. Uh, so that is on uh, Disney Plus again as of later today. Uh, so there is one more big screen movie, Emergency Declaration. This is Korea doing full blown sort of Irwin Allen style disaster movie. And, you know, I can't avoid a gag when it's presented with me. It's a bit of a disaster movie, oh. I've got to say. Um, it has a great, great cast of some of the biggest hitters in Korean cinema. You've got Song Kang Ho, uh, you've got Lee Byung Hyun, you've got John Do Yun. And essentially what it's about is it's another viral outbreak movie. Mm. There is this young... Zombies and young, viral outbreaks. They love it, don't they? You, you can't get enough of them. You've got Yim Si Wan who plays this disturbed young man who boards a flight from Seoul to Hawaii and he brings on board a little vial of a deadly a deadly disease, essentially. And he lets it loose because he's a crazy person. Uh <laughs> So you have Lee Byung-yun, who is a uh, a former pilot with a tragic backstory, who is on the plane as a passenger with his daughter. You have Song Kang-ho, who is a cop on the ground, who is already on the trail of this uh, terrorist because he published a sort of a, an intention video, you know, a, a threat video online the previous day. So they're already on his trail. And guess what? His wife is on the plane as well. Um, then you have John D. Hyun, who plays sort of like the government um, representative. And it all sort of very quickly sort of spirals out of control into a box ticking exercise. It's a long movie and it, you feel like, OK, what other big action disaster movie cliche can we do next? And how can we ramp up the melodrama for this uh, by a hundred percent? And you just feel like it's. It's uh, trying to be every single disaster movie ever. And it just goes on and on and on. And when, you know, when they've overcome one obstacle, it's like, oh, and now the pilot's dead. Oh, and now the, <laughs> the engines are broken. <laughs> now and now we run out of this. And now we can't land where we want to. And now, you know, now the wings are falling off. And it's literally, it's just on and on and on. And then everybody on the ground gets sick. And, and, and you're like, they won't let it. It's just, it's, it's, it's like, come on. I'm exhausted listening to you getting exhausted. 
Well, imagine that for two and a half hours. Oh, and you're just like, you're just like, guys, pick a lane. You know, be one movie. <laughs> what Prey, Prey, for example, pick, can do one thing really well. The beauty of that movie is the simplicity of it. It takes an idea. It's like Predator against Native Americans. Brilliant. And it works. This is let's Done. be every single disaster movie that's ever been made in the last 50 years. Oh, well. And guess what? It doesn't work. It's just a big circus. And by the end, you're just like, I, I, I just, I don't even. Nah. Nah. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's, that's playing in cinemas right now. Um, and it's, it's a lot. I'll tell you that. It's, it's a lot. All right. So, um, so yeah, the, the two big movies playing in cinemas right now are the big hectic star studded, you know, seat of your pants, no holds bars, throw everything at the screen, see what sticks. Uh, and both are, you know, only partially successful. I would say Bullet Train by a nose. Yeah. Uh, however, on the small screen,